someone needs to call out Terry Bradshaw. Call him out, please, because I think it was week four of the NFL season, and he said that Sam Darnold is the best quarterback the Panthers have ever had in their franchise. Now, for the record, Cam Newton's first two games in his rookie season, his first two NFL games, he threw for over 400 yards. Sam Darnold has never thrown for 400 yards. Sam Darnold got benched for P.J. Walker. They had to bring back Cam Newton, an old, busted, broken Cam Newton, because Sam Darnold isn't it. And people are just going to ignore it. Like, Terry Bradshaw has a very large platform working for Fox, being on TV, being who he is. He just – he should not be allowed to say stuff like that and not get challenged on it. Good evening, everybody. This is KTSE Avenue. Uh, it is me, myself, AC3 Savage, or the Tech Messiah. Uh, tonight, of course, we have uh, the usual. Um, the, actually, I guess you can say that you're the most winningest franchise on the podcast, the uh, resident Coke fan himself, Marcus Sniffles. This is episode 83. We'll have... Uh, Rev Run coming on here shortly. Um, tonight we'll be discussing um, a few topics that have been going on around the nation. Before I start, I would like to give a special um, shout out or just a quick few seconds of silence for uh, Mr. Vicente Fernandez, legendary Spanish singer from the 70s and 80s and maybe the 90s and maybe the 60s. Um, he passed away tragically. Um, yeah, so um, definitely shout out to El Chapa for uh, providing us with that information. Uh, you're gone, but you're never forgotten. And no matter what, when you pass in music, your music and memories will live on. Uh, how's everything going your way tonight, Marcus? I have no complaints. I mean, the Colts had a bye week this week. And uh, with the Bills losing... Uh, we're now the sixth seed in the playoffs, so all we got to do is just kind of win out. Like if we can beat the Patriots next week, I think we could. We we still have a chance to win the division, so it's always nice to not have to be stressed out by your team's style of play and uh, still move up in the standing. So I feel good. That's good. You feel good. I feel horrible. Um, that- I don't know why I'm wearing Colts blue tonight. You know, hey, maybe, maybe I—I I don't know. Maybe I should should look for a new team. I'm obviously a Jaguar fan and a, a quasi Falcon fan too. The Falcons—they were able to pull out the dub earlier against the lowly Carolina Panthers, who just fired um, Joe Brady, who's supposed to be like the next offensive mastermind. And uh, Cam was benched temporarily. Doesn't seem like they can get it together. So shout out to Atlanta for. Get an opportunity to feast and get a dub. Uh, as for the uh, talk, Jacksonville, about, uh, sorry, real quick, can we talk about this Joe Brady thing? Like, Joe Brady is supposed to be some offensive guru, he's like 32 years old, right? So, he got hired, I guess, two years ago when he was in his when he was 30. He was a passing coordinator, like, he was an assistant coach or something, like an assistant to an assistant in New Orleans for one year. He was the passing coordinator 
slash like assistant offensive coach at LSU, and that propelled him to be an offensive coordinator in in Carolina. And it's like, how much credit am I to give you as a passing coordinator when you have Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and who else the LSU have? Justin Jefferson. Um, Justin Jefferson. Like Forrest Morrow. They had, they had some weapons. Yeah, they had a nasty roster. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not giving you, I'm not hiring, hiring you off of making those first round picks look good. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you'd have had Ken Dorsey out here turning him into a number one overall pick, yeah, sure, but nah. Like, they, they can't keep doing that, man. Like, he wasn't qualified for the job. And granted, when he got the job, he kind of got screwed because the quarterback situation, Christian McCaffrey kept getting hurt, whatever, whatever. But black coaches aren't getting that, that chance. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're not coming in at 30 with one good year with three first-round picks as your players and getting an offensive coordinator job in the NFL at 30. That's not happening. And at some point, people people are going to learn. Like, he's going to go back to college. He'll probably get another offensive coordinator job, or he might even get a head coaching job. But it's, it's clear as day. Like, even when it happened, I looked at it. I'm like, what has he done to earn this job? And at this point, it doesn't really matter. It's like, he must know somebody. Because... How did he get that job? Well, to kind of answer your question on that one, I mean, we've seen this go on over the years. Um, Basically, when you had the Sean Sean McVay situation, young coach, um, even, of course, Falcons legend um, Kyle Shanahan, it was like a whole list of those guys, the the Floors, uh, Mike and Matt, um, it's it's been a few guys from under that tree. Even the Bengals coach, um, I forgot what his name. Not Zach Stacy, Zach something, but he's a younger guy too. But it's almost like when they get a little taste of one guy that's super successful and that has a certain style, that's what they look for. And so I kind of feel like Joe Brady fits that mold. Like they looked at it like, hey, he was a younger. He's a younger guy. He's super innovative. He's this mastermind. And so, yeah, we, I mean, I'm surprised if if the Panthers would have been halfway decent, he would have got a coaching job at the end of this year. Like they were really trying to fast track this guy. And I mean, a lot of the times people just aren't ready for these roles. Like if you're 30 years old coming to a team and I'm 35 years old, I'm a veteran tight end receiver lineman or something like that. It's kind of hard for me to take you serious and you have no experience at all. Like, what, what can you teach me? You know what I'm saying? And just because you can run certain plays and scheme folks open, it doesn't always equal to success. And I think a lot of people are seeing that now with Kyle Shanahan in um, San Francisco, even though he's done, he's done a decent job, but the expectations were so high. And it's like, I mean, he, he's just an okay coach, you know, um, with, I want to say, who is it? It's Matt LaFleur that got the job with uh, Green Bay. And they're doing great. He has arguably the greatest quarterback of all time. And as we're seeing with Mike McCarthy and his, you know, up and down coaching, hey, you know, when you have excellent players, it makes your job a lot easier. So 
I'm not 100% sure what's going on there. A quick side note, Shane in the chat said her favorite YouTuber subscribed to her. So shout out to Britton Snow. Um, definitely shout out to you for following one of our favorite um, folks that, that always show love on the timeline, Shane. And shout out to you, Shane, for coming through. Back to the football business. Yeah, I, I don't get the Joe Brady obsession either. Like at the end of the day, he hasn't earned his stripes. Um, LSU was a loaded team. They, they've always been loaded as far as talent. They just never can find a quarterback. That one year, they were able to find a good quarterback, and they won a national title. So he gets all the accolades for it. I'm I glad mean, that he's going to be a fraud. Yeah, I mean, a, a 30-year-old black coach is not just jumping the line because that's what Joe Brady did. I mean, look at Eric Bietemi. His offense, he's led that offense to being, like, top 10 the last four years. I think they've been in the top five in scoring the last four years. Uh, they've been to – they won the Super Bowl when he was the OC. Patrick Mahomes had his best season, won an MVP. Like, the guy – and the two offensive coordinators before him got head coaching jobs. Like, the Bears head coach and actually the, the form, former Eagles coach. Like, he got a job and got fired. He's already out of a job. And Eric Bieniemy still can't get a job, but – 32-year-old Joe Brady, like, he has one good year with three first-round picks, and he's like, okay, let's give this guy the OC job. Like, that, and that's the kind of stuff we're talking about where it's just, like, this huge gap between who's able to do what based on what. Because, like, when it comes to Eric Bieniemy, people are like, oh, well, you, of course. Of course he looks good as the, OC, as the OC. He has Patrick Mahomes. He has Tyree Kill. He has Travis Kelsey. But nobody's doing that with Joe Brady. Everybody, they're ignoring that he did it for one year with Joe Burrow, Justin Jefferson, and Jamar Chase. No one said that. No one brought that down. No one used that as an excuse or just like, oh, well, he's a passing gene. And then you can look at the Panthers, and it's, just, it's not like players were running wide open and they were just like dropping balls or people were missing throws. Their offense wasn't good. It wasn't innovative, and it wasn't impressive. And the like, cupboard is not bare in Carolina for anybody that thinks that. Like, they've, they've been signing a lot of talent. Um, they they should have been an adequate offense, and they're not. So, a decent offense at best, and it's just like um, since we're we're gonna and we're gonna bash the, the Panthers some more. Someone needs to call out Terry Bradshaw. Call him out, please, because I think it was Week Four of the NFL season, and he said that Sam Darnold is the best quarterback the Panthers have ever had in their franchise. Now, for the record. Cam Newton's first two games in his rookie season, his first two NFL games, he threw for over 400 yards. Sam Darnold has never thrown for 400 yards. Sam Darnold got benched for P.J. Walker. They had to bring back Cam Newton, an old, busted, broken Cam Newton, because Sam Darnold isn't it. And people are just going to ignore it. Like, Terry Bradshaw has a very large platform working for Fox, being on TV, being who he is. He just – he should not be allowed to say stuff like that and not get challenged on it. Like, when he said that, someone should have been like, so what about Cam Newton, the guy that went 14-1, and won an MVP, took his team to a Super Bowl, kept his team in a playoff race, all pro, pro bowler. Sam Darnold has done none of these things. Sam Darnold has zero bowls, zero all pros. He's never been a top 10 quarterback. 
I, I'm not I I'm trying to remember what, what year he was drafted in, but I'm willing to bet that he was not the best quarterback in his draft class. He's I, I want to say was it was it seventeen or it was either eighteen that he was uh drafted was, was and he came out with Baker we, and the boys, I think. It was the same year that we got uh Quentin Nelson. It was that draft. So it's like you didn't even survive your rookie contract. You got moved. Your team moved you. So, like, we can't go around just letting people say that without it being called out because it's, it's it's ridiculous. It's like saying, oh, Jimmy Garoppolo is the best quarterback in 49ers history or saying Matt Jones is the best quarterback in Patriots history. Like, you you got to get called out on stuff like that. You cannot let stuff like that slide. I have to be honest with you. Like, to me – I almost felt like, and this is why years ago, like Fox pregame and even ESPN's, um, which I used to, like I used to watch ESPN's pregame on a Sunday NFL countdown religiously. But to me, after a while, these guys, they get old and it's time to filter the old dogs out. They don't know what they're talking about. Um, To be honest with you, I wouldn't be surprised if Terry Bradshaw is a little racist because he kind of angles that way sometimes um just to clarify so in that draft with um sam donald which i will say i was wrong about sam donald too i thought that he was gonna bounce back i thought he was gonna be a steal for carolina he started out good and he he sucks so i was wrong on that too i would never say he's the best quarterback in carolina history i mean at the end of the day um you got a guy like jake delone took him to a super bowl uh cam newton Took them to the Super Bowl, probably their only MVP. I'm, I'm not looking at stats currently. Uh, did a lot for that franchise. For you to, within his first five to six games, say he's the greatest quarterback in their history, that's that's really stupid to say. And you should be called out on it. So in that draft, it was the 2018 draft, you had Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, Lamar Jackson. Those were the uh, quarterbacks selected in the first round. And you can clearly say, Sam, oh, no, Josh Rosen is probably the worst. And Sam Darnold's definitely making a case for that as well. So, um, yeah, pretty awful. Um, Like I said, he he just he isn't living up to anything. And to be honest with you, Carolina gave Matt Rule all that money and Matt Rule is not doing anything. Um, Once again, with the running back deal, um, Christian McCaffrey constantly hurt. Um, not really producing at the level you want to. And I'll be honest with you, if he doesn't do anything, I believe at the end of next year, he'll probably be a casualty, a cap casualty, because he, he makes too much money to be hurt so often. And, you know, you just can't do that. The same with I was talking to my friend who's a Cowboys fan, and I was saying how unexplosive Zeke looks. If he doesn't get it together, he'll be cut next year. Like, at the end of the day, running back's a dime a dozen position. Like, you can find one that's decent anywhere in the draft. I mean, you know for yourself, um, everybody and their mama passed on Jonathan Taylor, and you can make an argument that he's the best running back in the league currently. Second round pick. Everybody passed on Everybody passed on Eric Henry. Mm-hmm. Everybody passed on Joe Mixon. Everybody passed on Dalvin Cook. Everybody passed on Okay, Adam well, Joe Bear, Mixon Kareem deserved Hunt, it, but yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I, I get that. But you know what I'm saying? Like, if you look at the top – five to ten running backs in in the NFL when it comes to rushing, I'm pretty sure there aren't any first-round picks except Zeke. 
And there's absolutely no reason to pick a running back in the first round, especially if your o if your O line is not good, your running back is not going to fix that. Like the Steelers' offensive line is trash, and they drafted a running back in the first round, and he's not good. Not because he's not good, because the team is bad. Oh, I was gonna say, man, he's having a good year, but yeah, it's yeah. Yeah, he's he's not gonna save that team, and I. I kind of thought, hey, when the when the Panthers were getting rid of Cam Newton, I was like, hey, man, they should probably trade Trish, Christian McCaffrey while they can. Like, there's no point in paying him all that money just to be on a bad team because his value is going to decrease. He's going to get worse. He's going to get hurt because running backs age very quickly in the NFL. So it's just like if you're if you're starting your roster over, you got to move on from that running back. You cannot – be the one that pays them that deal. And I think the Cowboys are going to realize that too after paying Zeke all that money. The Titans are probably going to realize that with, with Derrick Henry. So it's just like <laughs> you got you can't keep drafting running backs in the first round thinking it's going to be a good idea because it's not. It, it, it's the NFL is different now. And there's too much money. There's too many other positions that you can get where you can find value. And running back in the first round is not where you're going to find good value at. Nope, and unfortunately, me being a Jaguar fan, we've now done this same song and dance twice in the last four years, selecting running backs in the first round. Um, and our first round pick is Hurt. He has a uh, Liz Frank foot injury, and that's the same injury that ended Maurice Jones' Drew career, and usually it does really affect guys cutting. So just and that's a, that's that's a side of. It's a sign of incompetence. Like the year before, y'all's leading rusher was an undrafted running back. Y'all didn't need to draft a running back in the first round when you clearly showed that you didn't need to draft one. What, the one that you had produced without using, without wasting a draft pick. And you use your first round pick on a run? Like, come on, guys. Like, is it? I know the NFL is a hard game. Like, I know it's a hard game to pick. I know it's a hard game to decipher and dissect and all that. Like, Pretty much nobody knows what they're talking about when it comes to the NFL. It's all a guessing game. But there's certain things that you can see that you have to see that will make your job easier. Like, y'all had a running back that had a 1,000 yards rushing that was undrafted. Why would the very next year you spend a first-round pick on a running back? Why not get another offensive lineman? Why not get a cornerback? or a linebacker, someone that can play for you. Find a running back later. You don't need one in the first round. The only way that I feel like that you can do something like that is if you're in a position, it's late in the first, and your team is set. Like if it was, I'm going to say the, I don't know, okay, the Chiefs, when they drafted Hilaire, which was another early pick from LSU, I don't know if he was a first or a second, but they were so good. They didn't really have holes anywhere else. It's like getting a, a talented player is just icing on the cake. If you're already a playoff team and you're just missing that one piece, you that one always, dynamic player. I'm sorry. You can always use another cornerback. You sure can. I mean, I wouldn't do it, but I'm saying I could see if it was late in the first, maybe, but it just depends on how your team is set up. Uh, unfortunately, Carolina, you guys have always been like you guys always have been able to find guys at running back um, that can get it done. I mean, I know they've had 
guys earlier on that were first round picks, but they've been able to find running backs all over the draft. You didn't need Christian McCaffrey. I mean, he's he's a little different because he is so good as a receiver. But of course, once you start getting hurt, like they get hurt, you know, now you're stuck paying this guy all this money. He has a high draft status and it just sets your team back. When you can get a lineman, if you can find a good one, 10, 15 years guaranteed of great play, you know, why not? Or get you a, a dynamic receiver, which is what Jacksonville needed and they didn't get. And then the dumb thing about them was instead of getting a guy like a Rondell Moore or um, well, I forgot who the Raiders took. It was the guy from Arizona State. But instead of getting a guy that actually plays receiver, you get a running back and then say, hey, well, we're going to make him into a receiver. He hasn't played receiver his entire life. He's always been a tailback. What are you doing? Just just get a receiver. Like It's stuff like that that really just holds teams back, just, just constantly making terrible decisions. And, you know, I'm going to use that to segue, uh, since I am the resident Jaguar fan, uh, the Jaguars were blown to bits today, 20 to nothing or 27 to nothing. I don't know. I cut it off after a while because uh, I just couldn't take it anymore. Um, this team has a coach who, you know, first one of the first hires he made, hired a racist, tried to cover it up. Oh, I did my due diligence. She didn't uh, get to the well. He was getting into arguments with people in before the season even started. Season starts, you're fondling women, even though you're married, you didn't get on the uh, team jet to go home. You know, it's just been constant issues with this guy. They're losing. He's berating players. Now reports are coming out. You're getting into it with probably the best receiver on your team. Um, You're calling your coaches losers um, and asking them to pull their resumes to say what they've done. Uh, A bunch of questionable hires. Uh, Even before Jacksonville, just uh, the cover-ups for the murderers that he employed with Florida. I mean, that he, you know, recruited with Florida. Um, you had a guy that was uh, abusing his wife that you covered up for at Ohio State. Like, this guy's been a problem everywhere he's gone. And Jacksonville being so stupid, they still hired him. And then you had a chance and out, and you still keep him. Like, at the end of the day, I don't know, man. Like, I have to look at the mirror sometimes. I know we always preach loyalty, but I feel like this. If, and, and you can speak to this more than me because, you know, you've been in longer relationships and you are married. If you're in a relationship and you're expected to be loyal, but your partner has just shown you they're not shit, like they, they don't take care of themselves, they don't take care of their hygiene. Um, they're not exercising like they need to. They're bad with money. They cheat on you. They they treat you bad. They're verbally, they're mentally, they're physically abusive to you. You don't have to stay with them. And I say that, and I mean, I hate to use that as an example because I know there are much more serious things that, are, that go on in the world than football. My thing is this. If you're a fan of a terrible team, such as the Jaguars, such as the Detroit Lions, those are probably the two worst, so I'll just use those two. If you're a fan, the Jets, if you don't have to be a fan for life, like, fuck that. Find you another team. Be happy. You, you don't have to constantly fight on Twitter with people, argue in the Bleacher Report comments, argue amongst your friends. Like, there's nothing wrong with just giving up. Like, I'm not from Jacksonville. Fuck them. Who cares? You know what I'm saying? Like, this team has proven they don't care, so why should I care? You get my what do you think about that? 
I totally agree with that. This is not a, we don't live in a communist country. Like we don't live in Russia where you have to, you're demanded to root for a certain team. Like there's this, there's a lot of people that live in certain cities where they're just like, well, I was born and raised here. So I guess I have to root for this team for the rest of my life. Or my parents was a fan of this team. So I have to root for this team for the rest of my life. No, you don't, man. Make a choice, make a decision and free yourself. Like I'm not from Indianapolis. I've never lived there. I'm a Colts fan because I choose to be. Like if you like if I was born in Detroit and you tell me I have to be a Lions fan, well, I'm not gonna watch football anymore. Cause I'm not doing that. I'm not hitching my wagon to a bunch of losers. I'm not I'm not being a Cleveland Cavaliers fan because I was born in Akron. Like, no. I would, like what if you were in the military? You're a military brat, you've lived all over the place. Who are you supposed to root for? Like I'm supposed to root for the last place I lived in? And there's a there's a lot of fan bases that do not seem happy. Like Falcons fans don't seem happy. Lions fans, I know y'all ain't happy. There's no way y'all are happy. Y'all had two Hall of Famers retire in their prime because they were tired of that tired of their shit. Cavaliers fans can't be happy. Like there's just certain franchises that don't deserve fans. If they don't care about the team, why are you caring? No one no like if someone if someone right now a Lions fan comes to you and says, hey, man, I used to be a Lions fan. I'm thinking about jumping ship. I think I'm going to be a Packers fan. You going to judge them for that? Because I'm not. I'm like, hey, dog, I respect it. Because the the fact that you were a Lions fan for that long, like, you shouldn't have to go through that. You should not have to go through that. Like, I understand people judging you if, like, every other year you decide to change your team. But after a while, like – Look at what the Lions have done. Do they deserve a fan base? <laughs> like, why would anybody root for them? Like, even with the Jaguars, like, what have they done to deserve your fandom, to deserve you sticking with them? Have they shown any improvement? Like, okay, what is Urban Meyer good at? Does anybody know? Because I don't know. He, is he a defensive coach? Is he an offensive coach? Is he a good, like, does he it's have a good receivers coach or an offensive coach? Team? Is your offense good? It's terrible. <laughs> it, it's so it's like it's like what's the I watched the game now? today like, and I was like, like what? Why are you, you guys have no talent at all? Why are you running plays that are east to west instead of north to south? Like, you know, you, you got the the running back uh, James Robinson. I think he had four carries for five yards or six for four. He had some stupid stat line. Trevor Lawrence tried to play hero ball. He threw four picks. Uh, Rod receivers not even fighting for catches. We have just a who's who from, you know, I, I got, I got into it. With my, I didn't get into it, but I had a discussion with my friend and I was saying, Laquan Treadwell is our leading receiver. The guy was a first-round pick a few years ago from Minnesota. He busted. Went to Atlanta to try to revive his career. He was a fifth stringer. I, I don't – Atlanta fans, if you guys remember him playing for you guys last year, please chime in because I don't. Like, he didn't do anything for you guys there. He, he's And he's our leading receiver. Like, he was just – he makes, like, vet minimum, and he's our leading guy. He, he's not good at anything. He's 6'2", so he's not overly big. He's not overly fast. He's not overly strong. He doesn't have great hands. The team is terrible. 
And at this point, you know, the only thing that I would think is worse would be prior to the Baker Mayfield and Miles Garrett Cleveland Browns. Like, I, I couldn't imagine being a fan of them because they were a turnstile as far as management and coaches, and they were god-awful for years. Like, I, I've only even watched the Cleveland game maybe one time in my life prior to them getting Baker, Baker Mayfield because they were so terrible. Like, it's who, – who wants to watch that? And that's that's how I feel looking at the Jaguars. Like, I've watched the game – and it's like, wow, the, the, it's like Kent State versus Alabama. Like, it's Mercer versus Alabama. Like, th- this team looks like they do not belong. It's terrible. And <laughs> oh, shit. Hold on. And I, I see that uh, <laughs> Corona, I see that uh, that GA boy is saying that he's going to be a Falcons fan until he dies. Like, do you want to die earlier? Because it seems like that's what the Falcons are going to do to you. They're going to kill you. They're going to kill you mentally and physically. Like, save your mental health, guys. Like, you don't have to root for the root for these bad teams that hurt your feelings every week. Sorry about that. I'm still recovering from the flu. So thank you for uh, joining in with us, tapping in with us, uh, Rev Run. We're just kind of uh, going over a little bit of football for the week. I was uh, giving a little rant about the Jaguars and uh, Urban fired hopefully soon. Uh, because I am urban tired around here of his bullshit. Um, the only thing he's good at is sticking his fingers in women's assholes and smelling them, which if that's what you like to do, that is your prerogative. But I do not want that as a head coach anymore. And like I said, at the end of the day, I'm starting to really think, like, honestly, being a Jaguar fan, when it was time for me to pick an NBA team, I was like, you know what? Because some people are like, hey, will you live near Charlotte? Choose the Hornets or choose Atlanta. I was like, no, I'm going to choose a team I know is going to compete to root for. So because I'm a Jaguar fan, I, like, automatically chose Golden State. Like, I want to win in something, you know what I'm saying? Like, am I wrong for that? Do I want – like, I, I just can't do it anymore, man. It's, it's heartbreaking. It's stressful. Anyway, how has your week been going, Rev? You know, it's going. Work is working. Life be lifing. But, you know. Nancy Reagan and the spirit of her inside me keeps me fueled. That is nasty. <laughs> what? See, I don't know. What, you know what? I'm gonna be honest with you. I've taken, I've I've taken a bit of a Twitter hiatus, um, so I could focus on studying for this AWS CCP exam. So I've been off all week. So some of the topics I don't know anything about. Uh, I didn't even know Nancy Nancy Reagan was dead. So what what's going on with Nancy Reagan? <laughs> Uh, what happened? I honestly, okay, so I think the original conversation was this girl basically saying, like, here's Madonna at 63, here's Nancy Reagan when she was 63, like, do you want to die like Madonna, who she was trying to say was trashy because of a recent photo shoot, or do you want to die like Nancy Reagan, who was supposedly, like, you know, the epitome of class, but apparently Nancy Reagan, when she was an actress, was known um, for her Melissa Ford-like abilities. She was the pioneer. She was Monica Lewinsky before Monica Lewinsky. And, you know, that just... Obviously, Twitter um, knows how to make a joke out of everything. And so, Nancy Reagan, four years after her death, <laughs> trended on Twitter <laughs> for three days. Or that's, five that's, years. That's the random beauty of Twitter. Because, like, I feel like that's the only... That's only a Twitter joke. Like, you can't go to anybody who's not on Twitter and explain that to them. Like if you've been off Twitter for an entire week, 
and you come back and see all this Nancy Reagan talk, like you you have no idea what's going on. Like, who knew that Nancy Reagan was superhead before superhead? Like, good for her. Like, I she should have put that on her tombstone. Honestly, like, she you should be celebrated knew? for that achievement. Hold on, I can't, I can't. I, I think are you are you muted? You know what? I am muted. <laughs> so what I was saying was I didn't even know that oral fellatio was the thing back then. Like, um, you know, because everything is so taboo. I mean, I heard the song from Prince called Head and Cream and different stuff like that, but I didn't think that women were taking cum shots back then. So you learn something new every day. I mean, obviously, if Nancy Reagan wants to be a freak and she was known for it, hey, more more power to her. She was able to land one of the most powerful people in the world for the time, uh, thanks to her great skills. So, um, yeah, if, if you want a woman like Nancy Reagan, I mean, at the end of the day, she's married. That doesn't mean that she is not attractive, that she's not going to have to do what she does for her husband. Uh, and Madonna, I don't think she's currently married, and she likes niggers, so she does what she does. You know, with the, end of the hard ER, with the hard ER, with the hard ER, like, she does. She has black kids, like Jesus Christ. Yeah, they're probably slaves, but you know, like, she, she does. The, the the idea that we're ending 2021 with the knowledge that Nancy Reagan topped off Mr. T is insane. Like that's probably the most insane Mr. T this year. There's a video. <laughs> there's a video of Nancy Reagan sitting on Mr. T's lap, and she, it, you just, you got. I'll tag you with it, but it's 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 ridiculous. Like that's Twitter. Like those are, those are like Facebook will get a hold of this probably like by March. They'll get these Nancy Reagan jokes. Like I wanted, I wanted to put post Nancy Reagan on my Instagram with like Cardi B lyrics under it, but I felt like nobody would understand it. Like if you're not on Twitter, you just you're not gonna get it. You probably won't. I mean, because like I said, I, I've been I've only been off since Wednesday and I feel like I have been in a shelter or under a rock uh, because I didn't know this at all. So, yeah, if, you, if you're not on Twitter and you're listening to this, make sure you get your Twitter because information comes out so fast that the jokes are so original there. And it's like if you go to the other apps everything filters to those like days later. It's crazy. Like this joke, if it's been going on all week, Facebook probably just got it today or they'll get it tomorrow. And the same with your IGs, like everything filters through Twitter. And then we decide what's the funniest thing. Then it rolls on to the next thing. Shout out to Loski Wolski in the chat uh, as well. You ball headed fuck. Uh, anyway. <laughs> so, we got the freaks up in the building. Like I said, I didn't know that because I remember being a young child and, you know, oral sex was kind of just not a thing. So it's kind of crazy to think that, you know, they were doing it in the 30s and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm going to find the topics because I don't know what the hell's going on. I'm getting confused as hell and I forgot where the private chat is. Oh, there it is. You niggas is broadcasting in the middle of Insecure. So. Hopefully that's hey, hey insecurity blowing up the timeline like it used to. Mm. I don't know what's going on. Like I've I've watched every episode, and there's a few episodes that I've watched from like, how has this not been like a Twitter topic for like three days? Like I there was a time where I was two episodes behind and I didn't see anything on Twitter about it. Like 
And I'm not saying insecure is bad this season. I think it's a great. I think the season's been great. It's been very interesting. There's a lot of plot twists. There's a lot of uh, characters coming in and out doing different things. So I'm like, why isn't it still? Why isn't it still the talk of Twitter like it was previously? Like I just, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with insecure. I don't know if it's because it's the final season or what, but it's not blowing up the internet like it should, like it used to. Damn, she gone again. She, she must really be in the insecure. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I checked out a little bit of it, but um, I haven't really been up on game this season. It could be because it's the last season. Maybe it's not as hot. I'm not 100% sure. But you know how niggas are. They attention span is kind of short. So they'll flip-flop between the two things. Um, I mean, it so, would be different if the show was bad. The show's still good. So yeah, you're right. Good. I mean, it, it's not like it ended like a lot of these shows do. Terrible final seasons. Shout out to True Blood for ending the way it ended. <laughs> and the show that you're currently streaming, um, are you finished with that yet? Uh, Game of Thrones? Okay. Can we talk about this for a little bit? So if you're... Have you seen the whole show? I, I've seen it. That, that's why I wanted to make sure... I, I didn't want to know where you were because I didn't want to throw any spoilers out. Yeah, okay, I've seen so it. I'm... I, I'm at the halfway point of the, of the entire series. So there's eight seasons. I just finished season four. Um, this show is great, man. This is a great show. Um, I, I do remember certain things being talked about on the timeline, like a few years ago. So there's certain things that I knew was coming up, but I wasn't sure like who it was going to involve. So it was a little bit, some of it was surprising. Um, it's a very frustrating show. Like it's super frustrating. I'm glad I can just go to the next episode whenever I get done with one. Uh, there's a, there's a lot. All my every character that I like gets killed, and that's one of the frustrating parts about the show. Like whenever I start to build some sort of bond or like, okay, this is my guy. This is my girl. This is my. This is the person I'm riding with. They get their head smashed in, or they get their head cut off, or they get five arrows in their chest and just like all right so no one is safe here they're like i can't i can't hitch my wagon to anyone because they're going to just die so uh i don't know i, I after every season i feel like i take like a break i take a few days to like just get the show out of my system because it is it is an intense show like it's one of those shows where you can't get attached to anybody like it, it's it's a tough watch. I'm not gonna lie, it's a tough watch. Yeah, it 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 was a great series, for the most part. Um, and if you're just, someone who's against, if you're against weddings, if you're someone who's just anti-wedding, you should watch this show because it will boost your argument as to why you should not have a wedding. Because in this show, if you have a wedding, you are going to die. Like, not getting married. You can get married and be fine. If you have a wedding, you are going to die. So don't do it. Like, it's ridiculous. It's supposed to be the happiest day of your life. You're going to die. Get married. Don't have a wedding. You're right. I mean, I, I can't. Well, shout out to Shan who says she can't wait till you finish that decade old series. Uh, me, me neither. Maybe we'll. I, I'll probably rewatch a couple of the series and we can go like an in depth uh, thing on it because it was 
it was a good series. I, I like it. Um, and HBO, they always have some quality stuff. Like even beyond Insecure, beyond Game of Thrones, like they they've always had good content. So um, shout out to them uh, for that. Um, well, none of, so none of the scenes I just want to move bad. I'll okay. say that none of this none of the seasons like I'm I'm halfway through it. I, I'm expecting like a down season at some point. They they haven't had one yet, and that's that's pleasantly surprising. Yeah. It's definitely yeah, we'll we'll see you in about a month and then we'll go through that. Um nothing is as bad as True Blood. True Blood was a show that it started out so good. And it ended so bad. Like the final two or three seasons were just awful. I, I don't know what was going on. Like they 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 were just doing way too much with the characters. And then towards the end, they just sped it up to end it, and it's kind of stupid. Um, but anyway, moving along, I wanted to do the women in g- going to gyms topic, but I don't know if if uh, damn, I was about to call it Tribbles. My bad. Shout out to you, Tribbles. Um, I need to get at you honestly, Tribbles, because. Uh, we should hang out around town. You be going out and DJing and shit, and you don't call a nigga. So shout out to you. But CLB dropped out of the Grammys. Welcome to Lowski Woski, who wants to get hey, hey, take him. your do rag off. Take your do rag off. Oh, yeah, yeah. Take your do rag off. Nah, take your do rag off since you want to call people ball. Yeah, nigga, you ball just head. like me. I'm not ball like you. I have hair. Oh, okay, I got like hair too, but I'm ball too. What's up? Okay, I don't cut my hair off. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I don't have the shiny. Yeah. Ball. Okay. Nigga, I look good, nigga. Like a fucking young Ving Rains out here, bro. <laughs> you look first of all, you're way too light skinned to be Ving Rains. So um Still you know, good. But it's good that you have that confidence. Uh my beard was better than yours. Bullshit. Um, you know, it, it was. I unfortunately had a tough event. I had to cut it off, so I have the short hair now. But um, my beard was a lot more fuller than yours. My beard was very similar to the market sniffles. Uh, but anyway, how are you doing today? How's your week been going? Uh, it's been all right. I ain't gonna front. Job been whooping my ass. Hold on. Let me turn my camera on. Nigga, your shit look better than this? Oh, that beard. Watched- that beard. Mine did look that better. Beard. I don't have it anymore because oh, okay. I, okay. I caught that the flu better. and threw up on my beard. Oh, you caught so the I flu? Kinda- you, had to, you had to cut the shit? You ain't got no, no shampoo with your crib? I, I do have. I use uh, a mint. Wait, is it is it Melly or something like that? I use the Melly, and I use yeah. I, I have some good shampoos, but I didn't like how that looked, you know. And then I was sick. I had the snot coming out of my nose. I just like I'm taking all of it off. So I was looking like uh, Braun from Martin, the snotty nose kid. So I took mine off. Anyway, mm. since you're bald headed, mm. I'm bald headed. You have mm. a beard. Did you listen to the new Rick Ross album? Not yet. I ain't gonna lie. Like I've been waiting for it to come out, and then I got busy at work. I was at work till like fucking six forty-five in the morning on Saturday, and I was like, "That shit can wait till Monday." Okay, so I know Marcus, you ran it twice. What are your initial thoughts on this um, on this Rick Ross project? Is this gonna knock Wale off for album of the year? No, definitely not. Nah, this is um. Oh my gosh. Uh, Rick Ross has such a high standard for his albums. Uh, just off of the, the two listens I gave it, I will say that it is not one of his best albums that he's put out. Like, it's not 
a top tier album. It's a good album. There's some good songs on here, but uh, I, I don't want to say that he just went through the motions, but uh, I feel like he could have put a little bit more um, effort into it. Uh, I the, the part that kind of uh, disappointed me the most was how it ended. The last song was kind of like that. That's that's how you want to end this album, like with a Wiz Khalifa feature. Like that's what we're doing. Like I, I just didn't. I don't think I would have done that. And I know people kind of get on to me for saying like I'm some uh, want to be A and R for for rappers when I complain about some of the things that they do. But I, I will say this. I will say this. The uh, beat selection still there like rip ross still knows what he's doing when it comes to selecting beats the production on the album was really great uh it it, it was just it was just missing the i guess the hunger the uh the bars weren't as high level as they should have been in my opinion for me and like i said it's not a bad album um i will give him i, I do want to give him a lot of credit for one thing though uh, he has a song on here with uh, Dream Doll called Wiggle. That's going to be my song of the week. It's a really good song. It's a fun song. And I know we, we've been saying this for the last, I think, three to four years, right? How uh, female rappers have been running the game. Like, they're the best. They're putting out the best music. They're being the most innovative. They're being, they're, they have the best visuals, all these things. And how they're taking over the game. But we're not, we're not seeing them on any major album. Like we didn't get a female rapper on Drake's album. J Cole didn't have one. Uh, Wale didn't have one. Big Sean didn't have one. Like there's a lot of well, he had one. He had a, a cash doll on his, but that was like uh, that had like 17 features. But you, you get what I'm saying. Like a lot of big name rappers aren't putting female rappers on their albums. So for Rick Ross to put. Uh, Dream Doll on his albums. I give him a lot of uh, credit and props for doing that because that's that's what it's supposed to be. Like, you can't we can't go around saying female rappers are running the game, they're doing all this and that. But when the major artists start dropping albums and female rappers are nowhere nowhere to be found, like someone someone needs to do something about that. Not like are they running the game or not? If you're running the game, then these major artists should be calling you. Like Drake, Drake should have had, Drake should have had at least two female rappers on Certified Lover Boy, like easily. That would that would have made way too much sense. That's a layup, having female rappers on your album. Wale, same thing. Like, and I'm not saying I'm not trying to call him out for being like sexist or anything like that, but we we have to start expanding what we're doing. You know what I'm saying? Like, you you're making an album about romance, relationships, things like that. We've heard pretty much everything we can from the male perspective. There's so there's at least ten to fifteen female rappers out there that you can get. Like Rick Ross could have grabbed any female rapper, and he grabbed Dream Doll. Like she's not one of the more popular ones, but she's one of the more lyrical ones. So if you want one that's going to give you like you know the trap, uh, harmonizing stuff, there's something out there for you. You want to get someone that's more lyrical, you can find one. Like there's way too many options out there. For these male rappers to just be like, nah, I don't, I, I don't have room on my project for a female rapper. Let me call Twenty One Savage again. You know what? Like, I don't have any room for a female rapper. Let me call Little Baby again. Like, come on, guys. We can do better. 
Uh, my train of thought is just gone. <laughs> I can't even concentrate uh, now. Uh, shout out to Pimp C, uh, too, because that reminded me of him. Um, so the, the Wiggle song, the thing I like about it is it has a sample from one of my favorite juvenile songs in my life. Um, so that was hot. I do like Dream Doll on it. Uh, overall, wait, first of all, is, is Wiz Khalifa on the album more than one time or is it just the one song? I believe it's just the one song. Oh, okay. It's uh, he's got the dream, Benny the Butcher, uh, future Wale, Dream Doll, uh, Major Nine, Young Ace, Young Gene Ace, Last 21 Savage, Jasmine Sullivan, and Wiz Khalifa. Okay, so I must have listened to the Wiz Khalifa song a couple times. I, I mean, I liked him on OJ and Kush or Kush and OJ, but a lot of times when he comes on, I just fast forward it. Um, but overall, the album it's it's straight. I don't know if it's as good as not Summer Rain, Porter Miami too, and it's definitely not better than Rather You Than Me. Um, but it, it's a solid project. Like um, to me, my favorite song is the one the the one with Benny the Butcher. It slaps. Like I like the song a lot. I like the beat. Um, and I think the other one is uh, Warm Words in a Cold World was pretty tight, too. Uh, he has good features. The beat selection is always going to be excellent. Uh, Young and Ace, I could have lived without it. But, I mean, you know, it's a Florida thing. He's Jacksonville. You know, I get it. He had a big song earlier in the year. Um, but just all in all, it's a solid project. I feel like it's not like usually Rick Ross will give me like one song that's like undeniable. I don't I don't get that from here. Like the one that rapper estates is what I play the most, but and wiggle between those two. But it's not one that's just huge. And then I think with wiggle, I don't necessarily like the, the chorus as much. But um just overall it's it's a solid project. Like I, I don't Rick Ross has earned the right to like whatever he drops is gonna have some bangers. The the production's gonna be good, the music's gonna be good. You can vibe to it, you can smoke to it, you can drink to it, you can ride to it. You can't beat it. I mean, but it's not gonna knock off Wale. It might be better than CLB because I haven't ran CLB in a long time. Like that album or certified level boy don't have a replay value outside of like two songs. Yeah, the only song I really even replayed. Which was probably back early November is the song with Future and just Future's part, um, not too, not way too sexy, but the uh, Into Deep, probably the best song on there for me. The Seven A.M. and Brady Bertle Path was good too, but I don't think it's on that level. But I think that it's a, it's a solid project overall. I mean, give it a listen. You know, y'all might like it a little better than I did, but I'm just like, hey, you know, typical what, rock. What is- What's kind of telling about this this Rick Ross album is he, he doesn't have the Maybach music uh, song on here. Like, usually if he throws a Maybach music track on an album, like, that kind of is, like, the stamp of approval. Like, hey, this is it. Like, I put every I put my best foot forward when I do this because all those Maybach music songs are all, like, all-time songs. You know what I'm saying? And he didn't have one on this one. And to kind of go back, I keep seeing this. I see it almost um every day on twitter and it's it's kind of confusing when it comes to certified lover boy 
how a lot of people say it doesn't have replay value. It wasn't that good, but it's, it's streaming numbers are doing ridiculous. Like he's has a lot of streams on it, a lot of plays on it. And it's like, people will say that they're like, you know, everybody's on the timeline saying that certified lover boy is not good and has no replay value. But why does it have all these streams? And for me, as someone that's old enough to remember that back in the day, you had to go out and actually buy an album. I don't know what these streams mean anymore. You know, because there's certain there's some artists that have a billion streams that I've never heard of, like NBA Youngboy. I, I know who he is, but I've never heard any of his music solo. But he has a crazy amount of streams. There's a rapper named Russ out there. He's doing crazy streams and good numbers. I'd only heard of him this past weekend when I listened to his album. So with, with someone like Drake, I don't know if it's people listening to his music because they like it or if it's like that thing where you're at the gym and you got his song on playlist so his song comes up or you're just driving around in the car or you have it on as background music, you have it on in the club or, you know, the uh, he's getting plays and commercials and all that. Like, I don't know if I if I'm willing to... I feel like we need to have a conversation about do your streaming numbers matter when it comes to discussing like all time greats at this point now, because the game is so different. Like we know, we know, we know about what's going on. Like we know there's people that pay for streams, pay for bots to run their album numbers up and all these other things. So it's like, you couldn't do this back in the day. Like NBA young boy wasn't getting, he wasn't going to have a diamond record because these people weren't going out there buying his album. You know what I'm saying? Like they were probably, you know, they probably burning his CDs or whatever like that, but it, it's just hard. It's hard to see. It's hard to di- dissect what all these streaming numbers mean nowadays. I agree with you totally. Um, a lot of it for me is also white people. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. I was going like, to say the white people was keeping this shit in rotation. Yeah. Not, that's what I like. Eminem do. fucking goes platinum every time he drops. Who do you know listening to Eminem right now? I mean, like I, a white person, not not <laughs> not, not not regularly, not regularly. But I will go back and listen to some stuff. But like, even with Certified Lover Boy, there's a few songs that I do listen to, but they're on like either gym playlist or certain car playlists or whatever that I have. So it's like I. I don't I don't get it. Like I I don't know. I feel like I still would have paid for Certified Lover Boy, but I don't know if it's getting if it's doing that kind of numbers if you have to buy it. You know what I'm saying? Like cuz you can just stream it all day. All day whenever when you're playing 2K, it's good background music. But those streams count towards his numbers. And like I, I don't know. There there's a lot of good albums that have come out that aren't doing the streaming numbers that they probably deserve, and you know they're at their labels looking at them like, "Well, what are you doing wrong?" And like uh, I think Chan said it earlier with the with the Instagram thing, like, and I've said it before too. Drake is the best. It's like Drake and Megan Thee Stallion when it comes to this new age way of making music. Like Megan Thee Stallion, they kind of shit on her for doing it, but her songs are great on TikTok. Drake songs are great for Instagram captions. So that stuff matters nowadays. You kind of, and you have to have a talent for that. Like that's not, it's not easy to do that. Cause if it was easy, everybody would do it. But like, you have to run back some of these Drake songs 
so you can get that Instagram caption that you're looking for for that picture. Like I've done it before. I've done, I do it all the time. Drake's music is great for Instagram captions. So and that and that runs up streaming numbers. So it's like I I, I don't know, man. Things things are just different. Things are different. Does anybody here listen to NBA YoungBoy? Um, anybody on this? I've heard a couple chat? of songs, man. Now I'm not gonna lie. It shit do like it appeals to that ignorant side that I can never let go. But I'm from the south, <clears throat> so. No, I'm I'm low-key scared of him. I'm not even gonna lie. Like I he seems to probably the creator actually makes him seem like a very sweet boy though, which is why I want to listen to his song, but his music. But before that, like NBA Youngboy like reminded me of like really bad kids in middle school, and that used to terrify me. So I, I never listened to him. I have tried to listen to NBA Youngboy, and to me. It like I understand that I'm 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 out of my twenties like I am, and even though I still listen to hood music, like some of the auto tune stuff just doesn't appeal to me honestly. Honestly, and some things that I just don't catch their wave. Like um, with your young boys, with your pop smoke, with your juice world, um, even XXX and Sintion and uh, King Von, a lot of those guys like. I'm just like it, it'll take me a while. I have to really hear something that knocks me off my socks. But if not, I just don't really listen to it. Like, um, and with Young Boy, I mean, he makes decent music, but it's just not something I'm interested in, unfortunately. And like, my ex, I know she loves NBA Young Boy. I just, I, I'd be like, cut that shit off in the car. We should have played Isley Brothers, you know, roll that shit up. That that's what I like to do. But, you know, different strokes for different folks. I don't hate, you know, and at the end of the day, as you get older, to avoid being washed, you do got to kind of get into that younger crowd. But I just, I cannot get into young boy. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I kept seeing that one song everybody used to make jokes about NBA young boy fans on TikTok. So I was like, fuck it, let me listen to it because that shit got stuck in my head one day. And Wait, which song does he have? Up. Now, see, now, if it's a TikTok song, I'm going to know it because I'd I be... No, uh, the one where they be like NBA young boy fans be like this, like this one white dude be like he be farming and shit. He always use it. I have to look it up, but he start off mumbling and shit. The beat go hard as fuck though. I ain't gonna lie. I'll send it to me because you know where we follow each other. So if you find yeah, one, if, if I find one, I'll send it to you, man. Right, but uh, appreciate that. Like that's how I kind of got into him because the shit just got stuck in my head, like the like the mumble part. But uh, it's like and it's a real short song too, so I can see how people can play. It's like maybe a minute and a half so um if you like the song like some songs i like that i can play back to back to back in a minute and a half ain't really that long like take me 20 minutes to get to work i can listen listen to that song 20 times on my way to work so that's how she make a clap was like um that and then when whoever did that remix of it he was spitting and I was like, man, shoot, this beat's kind of fire. but it's, it, And that's how TikTok has really changed the game because in TikTok, you could take a minute of the best portion of the song and then everybody will use it. And then before you know it, it's embedded in you. Just like right now, when you when you said that about TikTok, I started thinking about that. I did my I did my dance on TikTok and I went viral with it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know who sings that. But it constantly plays in my mind, like just because you, you know, you're on TikTok and you see these things 
all the time. Even with um the you can't stop the rain thing. Um, what's that other one? It's another yeah, one. I, uh, I think Nario Wick got his buzz from TikTok with that uh, with who won't smoke? Cause that uh, what the fuck is that part? Mm-hmm, you're uh, right. Who else? Like can't stop jigging, which is I don't think that's the name of the song, but Boosie on the remix with the dude. Yeah, like three songs that blew up on TikTok. Yeah, it um, seems like that's even the song Ski with Young Thug. Like it seems <laughs> like people are really using social media to. Shane, you need to definitely send me a, uh, a, a request on TikTok. Uh, let's see whatever it is you're posting, especially if you're going to be ball for the summer. Shout out to you. Um, but yeah, oh TikTok will definitely put you in a position to kind of blow up. And I know like sometimes you go, you hear the whole songs, and you're like, dang, that song actually sucks. But it's like, you know, you hear it on TikTok, you're like, this is pretty catchy. Well, I like it, but. Um, so yeah, what are those thoughts? Shit. Hold on, before we move on, what the uh, right. baby king even actually? I will say, baby, uh, baby king between Twitter and TikTok got a little bit of a buzz because of that shit that Kendrick did on uh, Range, uh, Range Brothers or Rover Brothers, forget the name of the song with the top of the morning. So I can see how people will see how using TikTok or just something quick that's real catchy to kind of make a buzz or make a song popular. I mean, most of us came from a different era. Like, you really had to have stand power because you could release like 10 songs within the span of three months. You really only had like one or two for like six. And then your album was supposed to come out. You're supposed to ride that shit for like two years. Now, like, yeah, Drake can. I mean, I think Drake is a little bit of an exception where he can make one song that'd be popular on Instagram and then that shit could just ride out for a year. But most of these new cats, they got to keep pumping it out. Kind of like Wayne in like 07, between like 07 and 2013, where they just kind of constantly made music to even be relevant. But we just getting old. So are you guys surprised? What are y'all thoughts about um, CLB being um, Drake deciding not to uh, the pull it from being nominated for the Grammys. Like, what was the thought process behind that? And what do you guys think should replace that album? I don't know about an album that should replace it, but it doesn't really surprise me that Drake will pull it from Grammy noms. Um, Drake seems like the type of person who, if he doesn't know that he will win at least one, that he doesn't want any. Like, he doesn't want to be part of it. It's easier to, like, say, oh, well, I pulled all my... my uh, my consideration out so they can't they can't tell me that it isn't good if it doesn't if it's not there that type of thinking so it doesn't surprise me that he pulled it out um clb is i think his weakest album it's not my favorite um even though it does have knife talk on it and knife talk slaps every time but 100 um i don't know what album really should replace it did ben staples release his album in time is it nominated because i would put that there I'm not sure what the thinking behind it is. Like, I I don't feel like, because as an artist or as a label, you have to submit your album for consideration to be uh, Grammy nominated. It's not a, I used to think that the Grammys as a committee would just kind of look out and see what was released and pick, you know, from the best albums that was out. But apparently you have to like, hey, I want my album to be considered for uh, Grammy, so you have to like send it in, essentially. And for Drake to send it in and then to take it back doesn't make a lot of sense to me. 
especially when you consider like uh, him not submitting it if he didn't think it was going to win. Because I, I'll give it to him. He didn't know what Donda sounded like when CLB, when CLB dropped. But he heard Call Me When You Get Lost. He heard King's Disease too. He heard the off season. There's no way that he thought that Certified Lover Boy was on the same level as those other albums. And if I'm him, I, I think I still leave it there. Like being Grammy nominated still means something. Um, maybe you can try to perform, you know, try to, you know, keep, I don't want to say keep relevant, like he's not relevant anymore, but maybe give your, maybe give a, a song a different life, maybe give it more life, maybe do uh, the song with, uh, what's her name, Kim, I believe her name is, the uh, UK singer, that's really good, maybe do that song to try to, you know, get your streams up or whatever, but uh, if I'm an artist, uh, my original Nomination was going to be Vince Staples also, but since Rev said it, I will say uh, Wale should try to try his album again. Uh, nominate Florin too, because I think Florin too is better than the off season, and I think it's better than King's Disease too. Uh, it's not beaten. Call me if you get lost or Donda, but Wale deserves that shine also. So if Drake doesn't want to go to the Grammys, I think Wale should go. I mean. Drake knew that album wasn't that good. That's why he pulled it, at least in my opinion. And I'm pretty sure people's reaction to it between Twitter, YouTube, whatever thing he watches, probably people that was close to him, they probably told him, yeah, bro, this one ain't, this wasn't it. And I don't know if he was trying to recapture, like I couldn't even say he was trying to recapture Take Care kind of vibe because that certified little boy didn't sound nothing like it. It was too all over the place and none of the songs like i mean maybe if you if he recut the album to make the songs go in a better order they might have sounded like they belong together with life talk being an outro song because that song really didn't belong on the album but i mean he probably could have won something he might have won Best collab with Way Too Sexy. Like, I don't think he would have went there and not gotten a Grammy because I think Drake's name is strong enough to at least pull a award. Maybe not the one he wanted, but something. Uh, to be honest with you, I can't think of an album that came out this year that I like enough to replace it because I was thinking, like, maybe Savage Mode 2, but I think that came out. 2020 and i think it came out within time to be considered for a grammy last time so and if it didn't if they didn't get anything from that then and then i know they're not going to get nothing now for it i was like maybe my backup would be the melodic blue by baby king i actually did like that one a lot i kind of want to bring a a conversation that uh me and i got a grammy were having on twitter and he he was essentially saying that drake pulled out of the Grammys because the last time he won a Grammy, I think it was in 2017, when he got on stage saying like, hey, you know, you don't need a Grammy to validate your artistry, stuff like that. And uh, I got a Grammy on Twitter was saying like, hey, you know, he's pulling out of this because the Grammys don't respect black artists. They don't respect rap music. They don't respect all these things. And you don't need a Grammy and uh, the Grammy number, uh, the Grammy uh, views have been going down you know, lately, and I, 
I was kind of I I agreed with him and disagreed with him at the same time. Like I agree that the Grammys have uh, disrespected uh, rap music and black artists for a long time, but I do think they're getting better at that when it comes to um, nominating the right artists, uh, nominating the right rappers and the right albums and all that stuff. Um, but what I disagree with is the fact that uh, Drake pulling out of the Grammys is going to cause the Grammy numbers or the Grammy views to go down. Like, I don't think people are going to turn off the Grammys because Drake decided not to show up because it's been like four years since Drake was last nominated for a Grammy and the Grammy numbers have been fine outside of the COVID year, you know? So, I mean, if, if people haven't pulled out of the Grammys because of how they've done Beyonce, they're not going to do it because of Drake. So I guess I wanted y'all's opinion on, is Drake that big of an artist to where he can say, you know what, I'm not going to the Grammys, fuck the Grammys, and people are going to agree with that and be like, you know what, I don't care about the Grammys either. There's only one person that's active right now that can do that, and her name is Adele. Adele said fuck the Grammys, and a lot of people wouldn't go. Drake isn't Drake doesn't have that kind of star power behind him where everybody was silent. But it feels it's like, but I think he does. I think he thinks he does though, which is the crazy part. Like, I think that Drake vastly overrates his star power in certain areas, which is why he submitted CLB, knowing the caliber of work that is around him. Um, it's just. I don't know. I think Drake really does think he has a star power to be like, nah, no Grammys. And people are being like, oh, well, Aubrey said it, guys. Turn the TVs off. Well, Drake is a caliber artist that no matter no matter what album he releases, if he submits it for Grammy consideration, it's going to be nominated. Like, I'm willing to bet that every album that he has submitted has been Grammy nominated. Like, they're not going to turn they're not going to turn that away. They're not going to turn away a moment to say, you know. Drake's name on the stage, whether it's just to be nominated or to perform or to even win. If Drake submits an album, they're going to nominate it for something. So he, he's that kind of an artist, but he's not Adele. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like Adele is a different type of monster. Like I, he's not even Taylor Swift. Maybe if Taylor Swift says something, the views go down a little bit. But yeah, I, I, I didn't agree with him on that one. I was just like, I think he just pulled it out because he I think he's I I think it's a thing like what Rev is saying, where he thinks that people will agree with his stance on this. Like, oh, the Grammys don't mean that much, so I'm not gonna show up and I'm gonna, you know, ruin the Grammys. Like, nah. Okay, so are you sure that it has nothing to do with being I understand it squashed it, but being put up directly against uh Kanye? Um, because to me, Donda was definitely the superior album and I would be surprised if that doesn't win uh the Grammy. Yeah, Drake wasn't gonna be on the. He wasn't gonna be on the metal stand. Like, it's Donda. Call me and you call me if you get lost. And probably King's Disease are gonna be the top three. He's battling for last place with J Cole in in this class. Like, and I I'm saying I'm saying that to someone that listened to CLB and I like CLB, but I've also uh, changed my expectations for what I expect out of Drake at this point. So. I, I don't think it had anything to do with Donda because like it, it wasn't winning that. Like there's no, it wasn't winning. It wasn't beating out that album. That's pretty fair. Like I said, in, in my opinion, once we got this uh track with Andre three thousand on it, it's a shoe in uh, Donda got it in the bag. That song is beautiful. 
Um, I still listen to it to this day. Uh, the J. Cole that had a moment, um, and I kind of agree with your rankings. Like, I kind of feel like CLB would probably be uh, battling out with offseason, which isn't a bad thing. I mean, it was a it was a vibe for when it came out, and it did what it needed to do, but it's just not an album of the year to me. It's nothing that's groundbreaking. It's nothing that's thought-provoking. It's just, okay, this is the end of summer jam that came out in the beginning of fall. I think, yeah, COB, Drake missed the window by not dropping this album during the summer. This was a summertime album. There were plenty of songs that could have been played at parties, barbecues, kickbacks, all that stuff. And Drake's album would have been perfect for that. And he just held on to it too long. He should have dropped it when he, when he had the chance at the right time. And that's that's me putting my A&R brain on. Like, <laughs> way too sexy should have been played in the summertime, not in November. It's cold outside now. It sure is. So now that we have, and this is a change in subjects, now that we do have um, one of our resident ladies on the podcast, uh, also shout out to El Chapa, um, we wanted to bring up uh, women going to gyms. I'll let Marcus explain uh, the take on that one, and then we will uh, get it popping on that. I'm sure it has to do something with uh, either oogling or harassment, but what are your thoughts on, uh, or what, what is this about women going to gyms? But tight ass. Okay, so I've kind of wanted to talk about this for a while now, and I was just kind of like waiting for uh, an end to talk about it. And I saw Rev tweeting some things about her experience at the gym, so I can. I'm just gonna go ahead and let her explain what happened to her at the gym, and then we can we can go from there. Oh yeah, what day was that? It had to be Wednesday, maybe Monday or Wednesday. Um, I was at the gym. I try to go early because I feel like people, I have a weird work schedule where I'm not, uh, yeah, it had to be Wednesday because I wasn't at work that day. I am only in the office once a week and I work from home. So I have a weird work schedule where I can kind of be in the gym at like eight when other people are getting dressed and like commuting to work. So I try to go around then. Um, I got there and there were four people in the gym, but two of them left when I walked in. Um, not on like some weirdo stuff. I think they were just done. And then there was another dude who was, he seemed to be training a girl, but I like, as I was warming up and looking at the workouts he had her do, I was like, he can't be a trainer because all of these workouts are trash, sis. Like if you're trying to build muscle, you're not going to do it with this. And if you're trying to lose weight, you definitely not going to do it with what he got you doing. And then I looked at him and he just, he just wasn't dressed as someone who like trains. He just was like, dressed as a person that walked in off the, off the street. Either way, I was in a separate area than them. They eventually came down to where I was. He was training her some more. It still didn't make sense to me, but eventually she left and he stayed behind. So I'm thinking, oh, well, maybe she went to go grab something and she'll be right back. But like time kept going. I'm still working out. And he's like sitting in the corner of the area that I'm in, not working out. But like every once in a while, I can see him looking at me. So I'm like, all right, it's getting weird. Why are you just sitting over here, not working out, kind of just staring at me in the corner? Um, so I'm trying to like rationalize, like, should I leave or am I like vilifying this dude? I don't even know. Maybe he's not paying attention to me at all. But I don't know. I just couldn't like shake the gut feeling that I needed to be out of the room and somewhere else. So I just ended up leaving and finishing my workout inside. But I don't know. I'm sure other women, I've seen other women talk about just like, feeling weird in the gym, whether it be the the ogling or the unsolicited advice or just like gen- genuinely just feeling a little uneasy um, 
in those spaces that are very male dominated. I know I feel a little uneasy and I try to like be off to myself, but that situation Wednesday just made me feel so weird. I haven't been to the gym since. Um, I probably won't go back to that gym for the rest of the year. I'll figure something out until then. So, Yeah, so it's kind of a thing where it's just another situation where I think uh, as men, we have to be a little bit more aware of what we're doing and what we're saying because like I I go to the gym pretty regularly and there's never been a moment where I've gone to the gym and felt like oh there's this dude in here being weird uh maybe I need to leave or I've never walked out of my house thinking uh is this shirt too tight you know are my shorts too short uh am I showing too much skin um I've never, I've never felt, I've never felt uneasy in the gym ever. Like if I'm at the gym and, you know, some guy comes up to me and is like, Hey man, like, you know, uh, can I work in with you? Or, uh, what, where'd you, where'd you learn that workout from or whatever? I'm not, I don't feel weird about that. I've never felt uncomfortable at the gym, but as a man, I need to realize like I have this, you know, male privilege where I can kind of just walk around this place feeling whatever I want, not, not having to worry about what another man is doing. You know what I'm saying? Like I try to active and I don't, I don't know if this is weird, but I like try to actively avoid women when I'm in the gym. Like if, if I'm on the treadmill and a woman gets on the treadmill in front of me, like I'll probably just like, all right, well, I guess I'm done here. I'm just going to move to something else. Like I just don't want anybody to feel uncomfortable with me. And there's been times where I've been at the gym and at, at the gym that I go to, there's a, uh, there's like a woman's section. And I asked my wife, I was like, hey, what what's in there? Like, why do y'all have that? And she was like, yes, yeah, like pretty much an entirely different gym that's just back there. And I'm like, why do y'all have that? Like, why is that a thing? Everything is out here. Why don't y'all just do this stuff out here? She's like, because men are weird, essentially. <laughs> like, that was the answer. Like, niggas is, niggas is weird. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're not going to find the love of your life on the elliptical. Like, you don't need to talk to that woman. Like, leave her alone. Let her do her thing. You're you're fine. Like just there. And I've I've seen I've seen like videos of like dudes like walking past women like trying to smell them and stuff. And it's just so weird. It's just like if you see that kind of stuff, you 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 at some point like we got to start stepping in and doing things because like, apparently there's like this trend and, I, and it's not a trend. But like you see these videos of like guys following women home and trying to get into their rooms and get into the houses, like that can't be a thing anymore. And I saw one where a dude actually got into the house and it was like three or four other niggas already at the house and they proceeded to whoop his ass. Like I needed that to was see a beautiful that. video. <laughs> yeah, so like we need that. Like if you if you're at the gym and you're a man and you you know you kind of see like there's this guy being weird towards a woman we got to start stepping in. Like, I'm not saying you got to step in and like try to bow up on them, but just kind of be like, Hey man, like, you know, chill out, maybe try to distract them, do something. Cause like it, like it's, it's hard. It's hard being a woman out here. And like when I saw um, Rev tweeting about that stuff, I was like, I've never, I've never gone to the gym and felt uncomfortable in my life. Like ever. Like I've been to the gym with like the shorts, my thighs are showing. You know, I've worn sleeveless shirts before. I've never felt uncomfortable, never in my life. There's never been a time where I'm like, you know what? I'm going to leave because this guy is freaking me out. 
You know, I'm going to leave because this woman is freaking out. I've, I've never done that. I've never felt the need to, you know, tell somebody, like, hey, can you come to the gym with me? So I'm not by myself. Or, you know, going to, like, sometimes I go to the gym when it's late at night or early in the morning, when it's dark outside. No problem. Like, I don't know if Rev does that, but, I mean, no. if your gym is open 24-7, are you going at 4 o'clock in the morning when it's dark outside? Nah, I am, um, I'm really careful about, because, especially because of how I live, um, in terms of just, like, the amount of people in my household, um, I make sure that I am very, like, intentional about the way that I enter and leave my home. So, like, I'm not leaving at night and i mean like i'm not walking outside at night or very early in the morning like if the sun's not out i'm probably not gonna walk outside that's like if i left something in the car then it's just gonna stay in the car until the next morning or i don't make grocery orders for after a certain time like especially now with uh the winter like if i can't pick up my groceries before 5 30 then i just i, I don't have groceries that day because trying to lug in groceries in the in the nighttime by myself is a little difficult um most, I mean, also from just like a lugging things in and out standpoint, but because I can't really uh, see what's going on around me at all times. So I need to be inside by a certain point in the day. Um, like when you said you've worn like shorts and sleeveless shirts to the gym, like I don't really do that. Um, I'm not trying to, I really live my life in a way that like I try to attract the least amount of attention as possible. Uh, <laughs> like I don't want people to see me. Cause I don't want anybody to walk up on me and like, feel like they can like take advantage of me. So I try to like, I'm not a huge person. Like I'm under five, five, <laughs> I'm pretty petite kind of. Um, and so I try to make myself seem bigger in public, but also like move around as invisible as possible. Um, I don't know. I just do a lot of like things that probably don't make sense to try to protect myself as much as possible. I'm not, and it's not that I'm trying to like vilify men. I want to make that clear. Like men for the most part are just trying to live their lives, but it's like a handful of creeps that like scare me. I am genuinely terrified to be like in the vicinity of men without somebody else that I know around. Like if I'm not familiar with you, I am terrified. I'm constantly like, hey, here's where I, here's where I am. People who know and love me, here's my location. If I don't say anything to you in the next 20 minutes, you should probably call me to make sure I'm okay. Like, there's a lot of a lot of uh, safety precautions I put in place to keep myself safe. Which is good. That's a smart thing to do. Um, me being the resident pervert of the podcast, as South Koreans <laughs> would probably say, um, a, a lot of guys are nasty. Just being honest with you. Um, and I'll use an example. Um, I'm not really a gym person because I'm fat and bald. Uh, <laughs> You know, it just is what it is. I do walk. You know, I lift weights every now and again when I'm eating candy or like these delicious Popeye's cookies that I bought. Shout out to Popeye's. Hold on, nigga. Popeye's got cookies? Yeah, Popeye's like got cookies, cookies and they're good. What the fuck have I been? Wow. Popeye's got cookies. Um, so shout out to my big niggas like me. But now on a serious tip, yesterday I was at my part-time job and a woman walked in it was two women, a mother or an older sister and a daughter. One of them had on these the Amazon leggings that are on TikTok that were famous a few months ago. And I promise you that thing was thanging. And, you know, it, of course, being a dude, being, you know, 
like you're gonna naturally look when a beautiful woman walks by. I'm, I'm not gonna sit here and cap like you don't. But to me, it comes with there should be like a certain amount of time. Like these people were calling on the intercom. Hey, where is she at? Did you see where she went? Hey, did she if she comes back, flag me down? And it's like, bro, it's not that serious. It's just an ass, like an ass in yoga pants. It, it and, and after a while, I felt like, well, dang, I feel bad for even looking initially because I mean, what I did, she walked by, I did the glance, went back, and then I had to double take because it, it was nice. But I'm not gonna sit here and Hey, where is she at now? Copy that. Blah, blah, blah. You know, is she getting help here? And it's just like you have those type of things or like what Marcus was saying. I've seen guys that will, and I've seen this in person at a Bailey's. A guy, a girl got up from the thing and she, I guess she went off to clean, like get the supplies to clean off the bench. This dude like immediately walks up to it and sniffs the bench and then hops on it. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, what are you doing? And so I, I, I do get generally concerned for women because you it, it's a lot more creeps out here than what you may think. Like it, it's it's good guys too. I just think that it's some guys that take it way too far. Um, you know, and at the end of the day, you know, hey, I'm an advocate. Hey, if you're putting it out there, I'm a look. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a looker. I'm not a oogler. I'm a looker. But it has. You have to have some self control about yourself. At the end of the day, women are people. They're not sex objects. They're not meat. They're not something that you can buy, buy or obtain. <laughs> I'm out. God, uh, I mean, yeah, this nigga about to die. I mean, I work in a very male-dominated business, although recently because of a bunch of things, we had to get some temps outside to help us, and there's more women there now. And then one day, I was at work, one of my business, this dude comes in, he was like, man, you see all these women in here? He was like, about a year ago, I didn't see any women. Now we got a whole bunch. need to keep this up. And I'm like, bro, what? I was like, you, like, don't act like you ain't never seen a woman in your life just because there's women at work. Was like, I was like, I can show you a woman on, on Instagram in like five seconds. It's like, do you not just talk to women? Like that should be bothering me. And then to the point of the gym, I work overnight, so I try to go to the gym when I get home from work. I get home from work at anywhere between two thirty and six o'clock, depending on the day. One day I happened to get home at like six something. Now it might have been like five thirty because I remember I went to Walmart after I went to the gym. And, you know, I'm used to being there by myself. I mean, it's in my apartment complex, and I'm used to being there by myself because it's so early in the morning. But uh, I went to the bathroom because I needed to change, and I walked back up front, and there's a lady in there. Now, I don't know if it was because she was a lady or because she was a white lady that made me think I don't need to be threatening, but also the lights weren't on. So I was like, let me not get too close to this lady because I know I'm going to scare her. But I had to make sure that she knew I was in there with her because I didn't want her to be freaked out. And like I was even thinking, like when Rev and Marks was talking, it was like, how many dudes would have done that instead of just sat in the back and trying to watch that lady work out? Like, that's just fucking weird, bro. Like, and I was like, I got my personal issues with the gym because I've always been heavier. And I personally don't like people looking at me, but I can only imagine that's like a hundred times worse being a woman where you got some random dude looking at you while you're trying to 
get your workout in before work or you're coming home from work and you're just trying to mind your business because I walk around all day, every day, just trying to mind my business. And if you're a woman, you really can't do that. And that shit, I don't know. I got a daughter too, so that shit still bothers me. So and I was like, if I ever catch a dude doing it to my daughter, I'm probably going to jail that day. So Shan made a good point where she said that it doesn't matter what time of the day things can still happen to you. And that's also a very real fear of mine. I've definitely been uh, followed like via car and like genuinely like, I don't know how I'm finna shake this nigga, but I gotta get, I, I gotta get moving. Cause if he catch up to me in traffic, like, you know, you can follow me home and on my address. It's, it's, it's weird, especially well, I won't say now, I can only tell you my experience as, you know, this these past 25 years as a person, as a, a woman, but it's a, it's pretty terrifying. And people will say like, one thing that I see on Twitter a lot is they'll say like, women, you got to get guns, but it's like, yeah, if you want to carry a gun, then that absolutely. Um, but I don't know, just like the fear that grips you in like those types of fight or flight um, moments. I don't know if a gun is going to be helpful if you're not well versed in how to use them. Like now you just got a, a gun in your purse and you're still terrified <laughs> and no, you know, nothing. And, and it's still not going to really stop guys from right. looking. I think other guys, you need to check your friend circle. And if you see it, you need to make your presence known and check those people because like that, that's even with the, because I see that a lot too. And like, I agree and I disagree with the uh, carrying the gun, the gun situation, because you know, if you don't necessarily know when to use it, you could pull it out. Now you got a situation that could potentially be harmless. And now it's escalated to a life or death situation. You're possibly in jail or something like that or prison. Um, so it, it's, it's a bit weird, but it's, it's on guys to check other guys. Like at the end of the day, and I, I just, I don't understand. Like I said, I, I know, you know, I like to look at women and things like that. But like I said, it, it's a difference between cutting your eyes real quick and just staring, you know, and following and being a creep. And then it's gotten so weird to the point where, like, actually, I don't even know how to approach women anymore because it's like in, in this day and age, like you could, it, you could just regularly shoot your shot and be considered a creep you know, because there is so many creeps out there. Like, and so as a man, you I, like, I couldn't understand. I mean, I've, I've been looked at before, but it's different. Like I, you know, during the gray sweats thing, I know we joke on it, but I've seen it where like, I could see an older woman oogling, like she couldn't keep her eyes up and I'm not joking at all. I didn't really think nothing of it because I'm obviously way bigger than her, a lot stronger than her, and probably faster than her. She can't physically do anything to me that I wouldn't want to be done. And she's, I wouldn't want anything done with her. But, you know, being a woman, and typically you guys are going to be smaller in size and stature. And, you know, it's just a sad situation. Like, I remember seeing that tweet. And I was actually, I know that we... You know, we we play the cat and mouse and, you know, we're kind of rivals. But I was genuinely concerned. Like, you know, I don't want my little water getting getting pinned up, you know, in the gym or something like that. Do I need to make a trip, you know, with the, with the nine and clap some niggas up or, you know, make, make a phone call? You know, I got people where you stay and stuff like that. 
but it, it's just a sad situation, you know, and you, you just hate to see stuff like that. And me having, I don't have any kids, but I have a younger sister who is a young teenager and I have a sister that's in her twenties and you know, like guys, they just, they're relentless with this stuff, you know, and they're, they're disgusting. Yeah. I mean, that in that particular instance, I spent a lot of time like middle of like RDLs weighing my options. Like, okay, so if you were to walk over here, you think you could chuck this thirty-five pound weight at him quick enough to move, like get get it shaking and move? And at the end of the day, I was just like, I again they didn't want to vilify this man. It just didn't make sense to me why he sat in one place for thirty minutes, not working out, in the midst of all these weights. And I kind of just made the executive decision to be like, well, we got to cut this workout short. I'll figure out a way i finished it inside but yeah i mean i feel like a a ton of women can attest to having to modify routines or kind of have an a b and c a plan a b and c in your head you know in most public situations which is why um we often travel in packs um i know i do i don't i don't usually go anywhere alone not especially not at night um if i am going to go somewhere alone i try to make sure it's a pretty well-lit place um, but yeah, I just urge women to be careful, but most of all, I urge men to, uh, talk to each other more, um, and to be a lot more honest with each other about like when your homeboy doing something weird and, you know, feeling empowered to kind of check them. I know that some men, um, don't feel the need to protect women they don't know or women they aren't attracted to. I think that's unfortunate, but I obviously can't change your mind. Um, so I ask the people who, the men who like don't have an issue with that to kind of, um, you know, be a little more vocal wherever possible. Yeah, women just live a totally different life. Like their lives are totally different than men's. Uh, Women have to constantly be aware of their surroundings, have an escape plan, let everybody know where they're at, what time they're going to be there, how long they're going to be there, when they're going to be home, who they're with. You know, they can't go to the bathroom by themselves. Like, they have to do all these things. And men just kind of, we just live our lives just aimlessly doing whatever we want, not even really thinking about any consequences or we don't, you know, we don't, we park wherever we want. We go wherever we want, whatever we want, do whatever we want by ourselves without even thinking about it. With no, like, our level of awareness isn't as high as it is as women's. Like, I couldn't really imagine living my everyday life, having to say like, okay, okay, it's dark outside. I can't really leave the house now, or I can't, you know, go on a date because this man might kidnap me. I can't go on an Uber ride by myself because this man might kidnap me. I can't go to the gym because this dude might try to touch me. Like there's just so many things that women have to think about that we as men do not have to worry about. And like Rev is saying, us as men need to step to these other guys that are being fucking weird and let them know, like, hey, dog, stop being weird. Like, you're scaring all the hoes away. Like, they don't like that. Be regular. Be normal. Stop being a creep. You know what I'm saying? Like, can't, you can't act like that. Like, act like a civilized person, you know? And, like, I'm not, and I'm, this is not me. I'm not talking to Lowe's about this, but this is, we can't, we can't do the thing where uh, we do, we, we, we say, you know, I didn't really see, women as a person until I had a daughter or uh, I got married or until my sister said something, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, we have to see women as people before that stuff happens. Like we shouldn't have to have a kid 
or have something happen to our relatives before we see women as actual people, if that makes sense. I'll give an example real quick. So at work, and this is like a very harmless example, but it just kind of further drives home the point of how women and men kind of navigate the world differently. I travel for work on occasion. Um, and two weeks ago, I needed to be in LA um, for to manage an event out in uh, West Hollywood. And so um, I the event started, it started at seven. No, it started at eight, but they were trying to have set up at six o'clock in the morning. And it's like pitch black dark at six o'clock in the morning. So I sent an email before the event and was like, I'm not really comfortable with showing up to a park at 6.30 in the morning when the sun isn't up or six o'clock in the morning when the sun isn't up. Is it possible to push this back to like 6.30, 6.45? I'm not trying to be there alone, by, you know, in the dark. And my male coworker was like, oh, well, you won't be alone. They'll be the guys that are setting up there. I'm like, I don't know if you're like, are listening to what you're saying, but at six o'clock in the morning, with four stranger men that I've never met <laughs> in the middle of a park and ain't nobody checking for the little black girl in West Hollywood. <laughs> if I disappear or something happens to me, nobody's going to know and they're not going to care. So I need you to like be a little bit more mindful. Uh, eventually he conceded and was like, okay, well let's do six 30. And I'm like, I'm not really comfortable with six 30 either, but at least the sun will be up. Um, so that's just like, to him, it's a no-brainer of just like, yes, go to this park in the middle of a place you've never been where you don't know anybody at 6 o'clock in the morning and just be fine with that. But to me, I like have to be, uh, of course, had to be a little bit more aware of where I was going to be in relation to others. I know I, I had I, a... I, I follow you. My bad. My, 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 I, what I was going to say is I, I follow you on Instagram and I saw that you, like, whatever you go somewhere... You post like, oh, I'm, you know, in L.A. I'm willing to bet that when you post that, like post that picture, that when you post that, you're not there at that moment. Oh, no. That. Like that's I, probably I, from like hours ago. Yeah, I almost never post where I am when I'm there. <laughs> um, I, yeah, because if someone were to walk up on me, I would be again. I don't I can't really I can try to defend myself. I'm always going to try to defend myself. But um, at the end of the day, yeah, I, I hardly ever post where I am when I'm there. Yeah, I don't do that either. I, normally, if I even if I post the pictures, I'm already back at home. Like I, I don't yep. post where I'm at. Um, but I was gonna do like a quick scenario. I remember this was about maybe a year ago. Um, me and some friends, women friends, we were um, we were engaging and. Uh, some well, we had some edibles, a lot of them. I had a whole lot of them, and I was like high out of my mind. Nobody was there, like, um, and ultimately, two of the girls they had like left the other girl in the house with me, like alone. It it didn't even occur to me to you know do anything like that because I'm like, you know, these are my people at the end of the day, even though I'm not related to this person or anything like that. She was passed out on the couch. I was passed out on the floor. You know, eventually I woke up at two or three in the morning and I grabbed like um, a blanket, put it over her. I hopped in the shower and got into bed. Like, you know, just I, I, I don't ever want that type of stuff on my conscience. Like, it, it just, it's just not worth it. So, yeah, I mean, shout out to women. Um, you know, if you see a lady in, uh, that looks like she may be in distress. 
step in any way you can. Um, and then, you know, shout out to the men who are doing the work and actively talking to their their family and friends and, you know, their, their sphere of influence. Um, and hopefully we can all start looking at each other as humans and not as Chan, as Chan put it in the chat, like, hopefully men start looking at women as like, again, like actual people who exist and like have feelings and like real estate in the world. Um, and not just these objects that are for desire. I think we all fare a lot better when we look at each other as uh, as human beings. Agreed, for sure. Yeah, like, <clears throat> that's sad. I got, like I said, I got a daughter, but it didn't take me too out of daughter to realize that about women, but I also grew up a lot around, uh, a lot of women. And I noticed how, even when I was a jet, I even noticed how like certain men would try to talk to my mama when I was with her at the grocery store. I was like, bruh, standing right here. And it was like, I don't know, like even when I was little, I was like, bruh, it was like, why would you talk to a woman like that? Even now. And I think Twitter's ruined it for a lot of men too. Like I know I tweet some wild shit, but I actually have a girlfriend. So I say all that wild shit to one woman if I was single, I would not say any of that wild shit to any woman that I was not in a relationship with. I actually know how to talk to people. So you got to know when to cut that shit off. Like, I mean, like I said, I'm in management and I have to talk to people a certain way. I can't talk to people like I would, like in here. Like I can't just, I got to watch what I say all the time when I'm at work as opposed to the people who work for me, they could pretty much say anything and nobody would care. But I also notice how some of them talk to the woman and sometimes I got to pull them aside and be like, bro, you can't talk to a woman like that. I was like, I know it might seem harmless, but if they feel uncomfortable anyway, they can say something and you can say, oh, I didn't mean it like that. They don't know that. So just try to be more careful. Try to treat them like another person. Like you want to talk to a man like that. Why would you talk to her like that? Those are your coworkers. Be more respectful, man. And please stop sending your penises um, in the DMs unsolicited. If I get another one, I'm I'm a, I'm gonna go insane. Please stop. <laughs> oh, I'm not going through it anymore. I'm at the ending stages of the, what? What the fuck happened? I'm so sorry. <laughs> I didn't mess this thing up, 60, bro. Um. So yeah, I'm a oh shit. Uh I oh, forgot I how to get it back. You being know. a diva, bro. There we go. <laughs> um so yeah, I am actually over the flu. So uh pretty much I just still got a couple of small things. But um yeah, you know, guys, just if you can make sure you protect the women around you. Um it, it doesn't even have to be people that you directly know, just do the right thing by others because you never know when someone you know may be in that situation. So um, anyway, on to a more lighter note, because my battery is about to die on this uh, cheap-ass laptop. Uh, shout out to Google Chrome. Um, Marcus, going for two NFL teams and NFL weather, what did you have to say on that? Okay, so I guess last week the uh, Ravens uh, were down by, uh, by seven last week to the Steelers. And they scored a touchdown. And instead of going for the extra point to take it to overtime, they decided to go for two. 
Uh, they ended up not converting it by like inches, like they barely missed it. And people kind of got into an uproar about why uh, their head coach decided to go for two instead of just kicking the field goal and going, going overtime. I'm of the mindset where it's like, hey, man, you can either go for two and end this game now and get out alive or risk going into overtime and possibly losing and playing another full quarter of football. And uh, I'm, 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 I was fine with the call. Like, I'm big on teams going for it, and, and I think that might have something to do with the uh, the coach of the team I root for now, he goes for two all the no, he goes for it on fourth down a lot. Uh, he will go for two a lot, and uh, the coach of the Ravens came out and said that the reason he went for two instead of kicking the extra point is because one of his uh, his starting defensive back got hurt at the end of the last defensive drive. So he was like, "Hey man, if we kick the extra point and we go into overtime and we don't get the ball back." Uh, ben Roethlisberger is going out there, and my best cornerback is hurt, and it's not out there. So I have a better chance of winning. I, it, like, if you think about it, okay, I can either play another quarter of football with my injured team, or I can roll out here with the MVP of the league and try to get three yards and win the game on the road, I believe. I believe it's in Pittsburgh. Like, I like my chances of going for two if I have Lamar Jackson. Like, if you if you're, you know – I don't know who's the bat. Like, if you're the Dolphins and you have Jacoby Brissett out there, like, yeah, kick the extra point. You have Lamar Jackson. He can throw it. He can run it. He's a very smart player. He's going to make the right play. And he and he made the right play. Just the, the, the defense made a better play. So I'm, I'm, I have no problem with that. I think more teams should take risk, go for it on fourth down. Because if, it, if it's third down and the defense is celebrating that you're punting, or kicking the field goal, then you should have went for it. You know, if they're, if you're lining up on fourth down, they're like, oh, man, here they go. You know, you're probably doing the right thing. That reminds me of uh, today, actually, against the Panthers, who obviously are not like some great team, but it just going the going for two versus extra an extra point. Um, the Panthers scored, and they were going to go for two, uh, then they ended up getting a penalty that backed them up, and they ended up having to go for the extra kick. But the the extra point made it a one-possession game, whereas if they would have gone for two and not converted on that uh, attempt, then it would have been a two-score game. It's at, just about efficiency, I guess. I mean, yeah, I get yeah. it, but then I don't. That. Yeah, like, wherever – I don't know. I Obviously, I'm not a football player. I'm just – I don't – I understand it in some points, like you mentioned, if there's an extra, if there's more time. But when the game is on the line, I think you have to make the best decision. And converting uh, on a, a two point uh, attempt, it's like take the easy points where you can get them. Um, adding adding that to adding that when it's not a a high completion uh, opportunity is ridiculous to me at, at times. And, and, but but those points aren't easy anymore. That extra point, they push that That's extra point line back further. Like it. Those aren't those aren't chip shots anymore, and it's almost like, hey, do I take this twenty-five yard or I don't know how long the extra point is now, but do I take that, yeah, or do I run out with my with a top five quarterback, mm-hmm. you know, uh, league MVP, and like, hey, go out there and give me three yards, like, I, I trust I trust my team in that situation, like, and it, and and it's not even just going for going for two, but or going for it on fourth down. It's like, you know, as as coaches, GMs, fans. 
we demand so much of these players to go out and put everything on the line, you know, fighting and die for that yard, you know, go out, die for the ball, put your body on the line to protect the quarterback, you know, die for that fumble, uh, do all these things, like put your whole body, you put your whole career at risk. And for you as a coach to demand that of your players, mm-hmm. and then when it's fourth and one, for you to shrivel up and just say, all right, punt the ball. I I, I can't, I, I can't rock with that. It, it's fourth and inches punt the ball or kick the field goal. Like, obviously, there's certain situations where you should punt the ball. Like, if you're on – if you're backed up in your own, you know, 20-yard line or whatever or, you know, certain situations. But, like, if it's fourth and inches on, like, the five-yard line and you're kicking mm-hmm. field goals as a coach, mm-hmm. I feel like that's a bad look. Like, and even if you don't get it, that other team has to drive it 95 yards down the field. Like, do you trust your team or not? You know, you put all this pressure on them. You put all this work on them. You put all this into them. And you demand so much of them, you have to trust them to get an inch or three yards or whatever. So, I mean, like, I'm not saying go for it every time, go for it on fourth down, go for two every time. But there are certain situations where it's just like, all right, I'm going to trust my players. Like, I'm going to put myself as a coach on the line. I'm going to put my decision making on the line here because my players are out there, you know, blood, sweat, tears, you know, broken ribs, all this other stuff. I can't I can't be the one that's not going to make a, a bold play here also. I think that's where you separate the really great coaches from the, you know, so-so and mediocre, though. Like, that, those moments of knowing when can I play conservative and when can I not. Like you said, when's the right time to trust my guys and when's the right time to kind of pull back a little bit. Um, and that's how you know the good from the, the great and the all right from the great. Um and that's how you, you kind of make your name and stake your claim in the league is knowing when those identifying those moments and acting on them. And and Colts Colts fans hate Frank Wright because if he if he's past the 50 yard line and it's fourth down, he's most likely going for it. Like and a lot of people hate it, but I'm just like, hey man, we got a good offensive line, we got a good quarterback, we got a great running back. <laughs> Go for it, man. Like keep this drive alive. Like trust your players. Trust them. And and the other thing about uh I guess moving on from that is is this football weather thing. So uh what game was it? It was I believe it was Buffalo. I think it was and, Buffalo and New England. Talk about when Mac Jones yeah, beat three times with nineteen yards. Yes. Hell no. The NFL has got to get this under control. This football weather quote unquote thing is getting on my nerves. I did not watch that game. I'm not watching a game where it's snowing, 75-mile-an-hour wind, where these quarterbacks cannot do what they're supposed to do. Every NFL franchise should play in a dome with a, with a retractable roof. I don't want weather being a factor in any of these games. Weather's not a factor in basketball. If it's raining in baseball, I don't watch baseball, but I'm pretty sure they cancel the game. You know, I don't know if they play soccer in the rain. They don't. I know they don't play it in the snow. They're not playing tennis in the rain or the snow. There's no reason for football to be played in this in such bad weather. The NFL has made all these rules to make it to where it's easier for the offense to score points. That's what they want. They want the quarterbacks and the receivers. They want all these numbers on the on the board. They want it to be more entertaining. There is nothing entertaining about watching Mac Jones go two of three 
in an entire game. I, I, I didn't watch the game. talking about Mac Jones, I, period, bro. Hold up. Let's oh, run yeah. that back. Uh, yeah, I'll give it's you that. Yeah. about him, period. That's facts. But, that's, but like, if, if, I, if, if I see, like, a pregame and I see that, like, there's snow all over the field and it's windy or it's hella rainy, I'm not watching – unless it's my team, I'm not watching the game, man. Like, I don't want to see Patrick Mahomes in bad weather. I want to see him in a dome or in, like, Los Angeles doing Shout what he does. So like, is that – like, what are we doing? Like, the NFL is a billion-dollar stadium. Put a fucking dome in Lambeau Field. Like, keep the field as it is, but put a roof over that bitch. Like, come on. You have Aaron Rodgers. He's out here. That's – that is not a home field advantage for him. Playing on the frozen tundra? What? What are we well, doing? Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Fuck Aaron Rodgers. But I understand what you're saying. They really should cap up all the open air stadiums and at least above Georgia, where the weather gets crazy. But you notice, like a lot of the southern teams have domes mm-hmm. because of the thunderstorms and shit they get down here. With the except, I mean, none of the Florida teams have domes, but like they got one in New Orleans, they got one in Atlanta. Um, I know Dallas has one. Los Angeles has a new retractable dome. Like, that shit is kind of crazy. Like, you go up north and everything's open-air stadium, even for the college teams. I never understood it. Like, the reason you don't really hear about it at baseball, because baseball's played over the summer. So, at worst, they're going to get rain, but they'll delay a game for rain if it gets too bad. They won't delay a football game for shit. Like you, I don't know. I mean, y'all might not have heard of the ice bowl. I think that shit happened in like the seventies, where it was like Minnesota and uh, Green Bay it was like fucking negative three degrees out there. They still play. People were still out there. Like I don't know how the Green Bay fans constantly go from this time of the year through the playoffs. So they'd be like negative three degrees all the time out there being next to that lake. I. Like, if I played for Green Bay, I'd be like, bro, yeah, no, I'm not going out there to play. Y'all cut me off the team. Send me somewhere else. Exactly. And and, like- and that GA boy in the chat is saying that's part of football. That's part of football. But there's a reason why they don't have the Super Bowl in New England. Like, there's a reason why they don't have the Super Bowl in, like, New York or New Jersey. Like, they did it one time. But there's a reason they don't have the Super Bowl in these cold-ass states in February because nobody wants to watch. Like, imagine watching the Super Bowl and it's – Negative twenty with twelve inches of snow, and you know, like seventy-five mile hour wind. Is that good football or no? Because I'm not watching that. Like I don't want to see that. Shit. Even if the weather isn't bad, if the Super Bowl is low scoring, they're gonna call it boring anyway. So doesn't really matter what affects the score. If it's not fifty to fifty, if it's not like fifty to forty-eight, people are gonna say that Super Bowl was boring. So, so. We probably only got like four or five minutes left before this computer cuts off, and I'm responsible for ending the broadcast. So we're going to wrap on that note. Um, we'll ask for songs of the week. Uh, Lowski, what's your song of the week? Uh, let's see. I'm going to go with um, Oh My God by Adele. That shit just cranks even in the whip. Fucking love Adele, though. So there's my song of the week. Okay, Marcus, you got any uh, shout out song of the week? Oh, you gave your song. Uh, I believe I went with, yeah, with uh, the Rick Ross. Oh, yeah. I believe it was. All right. And um, Nancy Reagan Jr. 
We got a uh my song of the week uh probably would be I Hate You by SZA. Um, you know, a real fun, you know, SZA special. <laughs> um and shout outs. I would say shout out to Damson Idris and only because recently there were some comments where like Denzel Washington didn't know who Damson Idris is. Um, I if you ever come across this podcast at any point, that does not diminish your work as an actor or as a person. Denzel Washington is 65. He would not know who you are because he's not watching Snowfall, babe. You're still competent and you're still worthy as an actor and as a person. <laughs> Shout out so, to uh, South Breeze for not showing up. Shout out to Aaron <laughs> Rodgers for showing up for 10 straight wins in a row. Shout Fuck Aaron Rodgers, bro. Shout out, shout out to his Don't fractured toe that he needs to get surgery on. God hope, God forbid, he makes it to the Super Bowl and then he loses and be like, oh well, you know, I'm a fractured toe. Shout out to South Breeze also for not calling me back after I gave him a pretty great proposition earlier. He told me he'd call me back and he never did, like he always does. Uh, my song of the week is actually SZA, I hate you as well. Um, I got it from TikTok. It's pretty tight, you know. I, I like that song. Um, I do want to also give a uh, another RIP to uh, Demarius Thomas, who passed away. Was it this past week or was it the week before last? I'm sorry. Just, I think it happened uh, Thursday. Yeah, Thursday, Friday. Okay, yeah, he was. Uh, they, they're thinking it may have been a seizure from a uh, a, a neurological uh, a neurological issue that he had from a car accident in 2019. Uh, he was found unresponsive in his home. Uh, truly sad. He was a young man, only 34 years old. Uh, so definitely RIP to him. Um, if you uh, seen Denver, you know, they did the, uh, they took the penalty, 10 men on the field. Um, so just a good tribute to him. He was an excellent football player. Um, probably best known for that uh, catching that playoff game from Tebow, where Tebow got all the credit, but he damn sure burnt the hell out of everybody on that slant. Um, so definitely uh, ran that shit all the way in, bro. That shit was beautiful. Yeah, it was. I mean, he was he was a hell of an athlete, man. And um, yeah, if y'all have anything else, um, speak now or forever hold your peace. I have two percent, like the milk. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, I'm I'm about sick of Te doing scissor like this. He's dropped three heaters in a row since last year and they will not drop her fucking album like what are you doing put the album out if you wonder that's probably why they ain't dropping yet all right well um we are ktsc avenue um double gated community christian based valued podcast uh with a sprinkle of shit talking uh, thank you all for coming in. Uh, shout out once again to what was that nigga name again? The the other nigga from earlier, Vincent <laughs> Fernandez, Marcus. Hey man, you got it. Vincent Fernandez or something like that. My bad. <laughs> um, make sure y'all look up him. He was a legendary singer. Sorry about that. Um, you know, I'm not going to do that other thing the South Breeze does because I only have 1% now. Anyway, y'all have a wonderful night. Thank y'all for tuning in as always. Thanks for everybody in the chat, that GA boy, uh, Shan, uh, Lowski for being in the chat and on the podcast. Um, 
God damn it, I forgot the other person. And Nancy Reagan's legendary throat. We got to shout that out too, bro. Yes, what an amazing doctor of the um, head region. Um, I know that got her. She got a president as a husband with that throat, bro. That's God tier. You should have left a memoir. You're right. So shout out to Nancy Reagan uh, for holding it down and uh, getting beated with the skeeter. Uh, we are the KTSC Avenue, and we are out. I don't know why I said that. 